none of us would have expected and what took all of us by surprise is, 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 is the fraud. The collapse of FTX has sent shockwaves across the cryptocurrency industry. Were you able to tell that there was something like off about Sam? Sam's a weird guy, right? We saw that and we thought, oh, this guy's a genius. Crypto platform FTX announcing the closure of an almost $421 million Series B1 funding round. They seem like a company with a mission. Caroline Ellison, the former CEO of Alameda Research. Once it became clear that she had done things along with Sam that were probably criminal, it was not a friendly conversation anymore. Have officially pled guilty to charges of fraud. You had a tweet that went viral recently, and I'll kind of read the beginning of it, which was, Now, after months of recuperation from the craziness of the FTX collapse, I'm ready to tell my story. Why now? Adi, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be here. This one's going to be good. We've been uh, we've been talking about this one for, oh, yeah. for a minute now. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, I'm really excited for it. You've gotten a referral from the, by far, the most important person that's ever walked in here. Wait, who? Toilet. toilet. Eric Zoo? Toilet kid, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Eric yeah. Zoo. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Toilet, I, I don't know about toilet, though. Is that, is that, <laughs> that, that like, is? I call him toilet kid. Oh, you go, go with toilet. Yeah, yeah, actually, actually, that's hilarious. It caught on, though, because now other people call him toilet kid. He loves am I, it. Am I allowed to call yes. him that? 100%. 100%. Yes. Without a doubt. Be flattered. What's, what's the origin of toilet? Well, cause he, cause he, well, so I followed him before I knew anything about tech or startups mm -hmm. and I saw him like doing meetings, like in his bathroom. Oh, oh in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. The, yeah. In the high school bathroom. Oh, the meme. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, so like I just kept calling him like toilet, toilet kid, kid in my head. <laughs> like I was like, cause I knew he was a child. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. I just started calling him that. And like yeah. I, more, more and more people started saying it. Right? Oh yeah. No, that's, that's a reasonable nickname given, given right? the tweet. And like, he doesn't actually care about tech. So like he'll told, he told everyone the only person he wants to meet in SF wasn't Sam Altman. It wasn't any of these people. It was just toilet kid. Toilet kid. Yeah. And he said that to so many different people. Yeah. He, he's not even joking. I was like, I, I'd be done if I got him mm -hmm. and we did him. I don't know why I'm still here, but yeah. it's like, I accomplished everything <laughs> I wanted uh -huh. to. Well, I'm, I'm honored to have been referred by toilet kid. Yes. It, yeah. may, it makes you the second most important person. Second most important. Well, yeah. I'll take that. So do you want to give an intro about yourself for the people that might not know? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so my name is Adi. I'm the founder and CEO of Astra. Uh, we're a company that's building a universal connectivity layer for crypto markets. Um, and before that, I was um, an engineer at Alameda Research, a small trading firm that you guys may have heard of. Um, small trading firm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like uh, when people go to Harvard and they're like, yeah, I go to a liberal arts college. It Harvard, is small because they, they, they managed all their assets through Google Docs. So it is it is a small trading firm. That's not true. Right? Mm -hmm. mm, not not quite Docs, okay. but... but uh, you have the worst info. <laughs> Every single episode, he's like, yeah, it's crazy. Because like, and he just says something that's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Got bad yeah. intel, bro. Bad From intel. Who? Yeah. who gave you that? Who gave you that? I need, I need a, I need a uh, deep fake security thing. Shout out. Aman? Shout out Aman. Why? Just just plugged one of our studio oh. companies. Oh, it's one of the startups. Portfolio yeah. companies, oh, yeah. Nice. What are See they how doing? I did like? that? Who, who, who's doing the game like this? Sometimes it's good to think about why no one's doing something the way they're doing <laughs> it. Okay, All right. fair enough. Um, no, but your, your, um, your statement is is um, relevant because it wasn't it wasn't Google Docs, but but the company was... Um, you know, a little bit, a little bit unconventional in in in, in how we did things. And mm -hmm. when I said the company, I'm talking about you know one Alameda, but also FTX, because really they were uh, quite closely related in many ways. Um, a lot of which is going to be coming out during the trial. Um, mm -hmm. But um, yeah, not not Google Docs, but but it was um, you know we we did not have a super sophisticated uh, kind of like risk system mm -hmm. um, like a lot of you know more traditional trading firms might have had. Mm -hmm. um, 
You had a yeah. tweet that went viral recently, and I'll kind of read the beginning of it, which was, mm -hmm. as an engineer at Alameda Research, I had my entire life savings stolen from me by my former boss, Sam Bankman-Fried. Now, after months of recuperation from the craziness of the FTX collapse, I'm ready to tell my story. My first question is, why now? Why now? That's a good question. Um, so the answer is that, you know, I, I, I thought about kind of going a bit more public with my story, um, you know, as, as long back as sort of shortly after the collapse. Um, but it just didn't seem like the right time with everything going on. I mean, all of us were really caught by surprise, right? right? We, we had no idea about all this stuff that had been going on behind the scenes. We were told about what had been going on by Caroline in basically a, a, you know, a confession. And Caroline was his um, girlfriend. Uh, Car yeah, well, well, Caroline primarily was the CEO of Alameda, but also she, you know, she, she, she had a relationship with um, Sam that was like an on again, off again thing. Um, but just you know, in, in, in the middle of the whole collapse, like I was, I was pretty overwhelmed, right? I was, I was trying to process all this new information, you know, all these folks that I have worked with um, and who I know personally, their faces are now all over the news. And so processing that took some time. Mm. Uh, it took me some time just to like, just chill for a few months and, and, and collect myself and think about what had happened. Um, and it's been long enough now at this point that I feel a bit more comfortable speaking out. Um, also the trial is coming up and like, I feel like it's my responsibility to in some sense, um, make some things known in terms of my experience at this company. And you know, what were these people like? Like, what was Sam like? What was Caroline like? What was it like living in the Bahamas, right? It was a, it was a wild and crazy experience. Um, and I just want people to know. All right, let's start, let's start from the beginning then. Yeah. Um, how did you end up working at Alameda in the first place? Cause you were in Berkeley until like two years ago. Uh, so I, I graduated from Berkeley in 2019. Okay. Um, I went to work at Google. Um, I, I was there for a few years and um, I, I wanted to leave to work on something um, a bit newer and more exciting, right? So I applied to a bunch of places, a lot of trading firms. Um, and one place in particular was this, you know, small trading firm that no one had heard of. This was back in, you know, mid 2021. Um, and I, I, I'd only heard of Alameda because of like a friend of mine from Berkeley uh, was mutual friends with Nishad Singh, who... Um, you know, it, uh, ended up being head of engineering at FTX, and and wow. and, and recently pled guilty to, um, um, I think one or or possibly a few of the charges yeah, that have been levied against. Crazy rap sheet at Berkeley, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see the like the tweets of um, like like taking screenshots of of Nishad's LinkedIn going around on Twitter? That was a thing for a while after the collapse. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, but I, I I knew someone who knew him, and so that you know that kind of helped me know about the company. That helped make the intro to the company. Mm. Um, and you know, I just did the did the interview process, went through that. Um, and, you know, all the people I spoke to at the company seemed like just really intelligent, really motivated, um, really nice people, right? It seemed like a company with a mission. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard about the whole um, effective altruist thing, which was, it was really deep in the DNA of the company, right? And that, that's something that um, it, it did come across, right? Just talking yeah. to them, like it was a big part of the recruiting pitch. Mm. And yeah, like I, I, I love that, right? I wanted to work at a company that, um, had a mission, right, and was trying to make money and use that to do something good. So I thought it was very compelling, right? I was I was very drawn uh, to that idea, and it just seemed like a really cool, exciting company to work at. And then, what was your first like month like? Um, the first month was, you know, just like onboarding with any company, right? Getting up to speed on on the tech stack, you know, just getting used to the actual like object level work, you know, how to get stuff done at the company. Um, it was my my first month was in the office at um, at Berkeley. You know, the there one was next to K's. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Oh, they had an office in Berkeley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that was the first office. Um, so that's where the company started in Berkeley in like 2017. Okay. I actually, that, like back in summer of 2017, I used to work 
at an internship that was literally right next door to that exact office. So yeah. it's kind of funny to think I might have crossed paths with these folks way back then. That's crazy. Interesting. Um, and then who was Sam at that point? Was he already famous? This was uh, like he was. There had been some coverage of FTX and Alameda in the news, but 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 nothing like. Um, you know, what it came to be like a few months after so that. So just like the typical like TechCrunch launch that exactly. like, people do when they raise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so it was like, like you know, people people knew about the existence of, of, of FTX and it, it was it was a big name within crypto. But if you're not in crypto and you're not in trading, you probably hadn't heard of it at all, right? That's what it was like back then. Yeah. And so what was this about this like weird relationship between Alameda and FTX? Did you see that in the beginning as well? Or was that something that only kind of hit you later? Yeah, so the thing about... You know, it, it's like like they were they were separate companies, right? And they were, you know, I'm sure there were different legal entities. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not too knowledgeable about about that aspect of things. Um, but it was, you know, it, it's 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 funny. Socially, the companies were um, very very mixed, right? So I like you know I got to meet several of the employees of FTX. Um, you know, socially we would have joint hangouts, we would have joint um, just like social events, right? Employees sometimes um, lived in the same housing spaces in the Bahamas, for example, and also in Hong Kong. Um, so there were kind of fuzzy boundaries, right? Um, and I think really it's a larger symptom of the fact that, you know, Sam and Caroline and the other folks did not really pay close enough attention to separating things and making things proper in the way that it should have been for two firms of that size handling that kind of trading volume um, and that number of users. And so then what were the mission differences? What was the actual differences between Alameda and FTX? Well, they well the actual work of the companies is, is, is completely different, right? I mean. It? Uh, so Alameda was a trading firm. Um, you know, we did all kinds of trading. We did market making. We did, you know, kind of just standard st statistical arbitrage across exchanges and, you know, on, on individual assets across time. Uh, FTX was an exchange, right? So it's a place that people go to actually perform their trading, you know, buy and sell various crypto assets. Um, FTX runs a matching engine that matches these trades together and actually executes those trades and settles those trades. Um, so they're two very different businesses, but I guess in the same space of, of, of crypto trading. And so when you started off, it was this like office in Berkeley. At what mm -hmm. point did you guys end up like there was a, a little stint in the Bahamas? You guys were yeah. in Hong Kong. When did that all happen? Did you know it was going to happen when you joined? Yeah. So the timeline, actually, when I when I was joining the company, um, the, the application form said, you know, are you willing to relocate to Hong Kong? Um, and I checked yes, because I was uh, I was fully expecting that I'd be moving to Hong Kong and working in the Hong Kong office. Gotcha. But it's funny, actually, right after I joined, I was in the process of applying for a Hong Kong visa. Uh, and then we like, like, like I was I was I was about to go through that process. And then one of my coworkers in the Berkeley office tells me, hey, like, didn't you hear uh, the company is moving to the Bahamas? So I like <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing I didn't I didn't start doing that. Actually, one of my coworkers he had he had finished the visa process. He had booked his flight ticket. He was about to go to Hong Kong. Wow! Uh, he had to cancel his ticket because the company decided to move to the Bahamas. So Why? that's that 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 should give you an idea of what the level the, of you know <laughs> or, or or the lack of communication that existed mm -hmm. um, for lots of things at the company. What was the primary reason? Uh, primary me? reason was uh, right before that uh, the Bahamas passed a regulatory framework for you know digital assets. Right, something that. Uh, most countries have not done. I mean, notably the U.S. has not has not really passed a comprehensive regulatory framework for digital assets. Mm. Uh, we have existing laws from you know the 1930s uh, that are being used right now to um, legislate or excuse me regulate on uh, crypto assets, but we don't have any rules that are specific to crypto assets. Mm. Um, so the Bahamas passed that in like I think I think mid to late 2021. Um, so it made perfect sense for FTX, which is a crypto exchange, to move from you know Hong Kong, which at the time this was right after the Hong Kong protests, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so lots of political instability in Hong Kong, you know, who knows kind of 
um, how much influence China is going to have over Hong Kong in the future. Um, and of course, China is is famously like anti-crypto, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, they were, they were looking for a new place and the Bahamas had laws around crypto, so they decided to move. Were you able to tell that there was something like going wrong or there was something off about Sam? Um, I mean, Sam Sam's a weird guy, right? Like what Sam is, uh, uh, Sam, Sam is, a unique person. I think. I think if you if you watch just any of his um, interviews, you you get a sense for just his personality and the kind of person he is. Um, sorry, I mean I'm, I mean weird, not in a sense of like you know I don't I don't mean that necessarily in a, a negative way. He just has it's like strange, like different. I mean I mean he has a unique personality, right? I think I think the best way to uh, see that is just like watch any of his interviews and like you'll get a sense for kind of the way he talks, the way he thinks, um, and and so he is he is unique in many ways, right? I mean. First of all, just the fact that you know he he sort of was the founder and I guess majority owner of these two, you know, multi like tens of billions of dollars companies, uh, which he managed to build in the span of a few years, right? I mean, there's something there's something going on there. I guess you could call that unique. You could call it like, you know, there's a lot of words you could use for it. But there's something there, right? There was something happening there. Um, and for me and for a lot of people, I mean, everyone at the company, we saw that and we thought, oh, this guy's a genius, right? This guy, he has cracked the code. He's figured something out that nobody else have been able to figure out in the startup community. Um, and what added to that was the fact that uh, he had this mission, right? The effective altruist mission, which is a very compelling idea to anyone who is sort of, you know, working in the space, building startups, building tech, wanting to do good. Um, what is the effective altruism? Yeah, so I guess the, uh, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you kind of a short version of it, which is, I'm sure, I'm sure there's resources online that tell that much better than I can. But um, uh, the idea is basically that you know, there, there's a lot of ways that you can do good and, and we should be thinking about which of those ways are most effective as measured by, you know, I guess you can measure things like uh, number of lives saved relative to each marginal dollar donated, for example. Mm. Or you can measure things like, you know, just um, uh, uh, like how many quality adjusted life years are you adding um, as a whole, like for each action that you're taking. So that's kind of the broader framework. But, but specifically, like what that means concretely is folks like, uh, Sam and Caroline and, and 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 others were really into the idea of making a lot of money and then donating that money to effective causes. Um, and it's something that they talked about a lot, both internally as well as externally to people outside the company. Yeah. Um, and it was a big part of the DNA of both companies. Do you think that helped the most when raising money and kind um, of gaining trust of these? I mean, he had so many celebrities. Like Kevin O'Leary was how I learned about really? SPF. Yeah, because he spoke oh, about SPF one of those, like, on the mainstream people. like yeah. MSNBC, and he's like, "This kid is going to be the next, you know, obviously unicorn founder, superstar." Right. Like his parents are both Stanford educated. Like he's got a good foundation. Like mm -hmm. I trust, I trust this guy with with all my money. Like right, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what a lot of investors thought. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, just read. Um, uh, there's this funny uh, like article that uh, Sequoia Capital posted right after they made their investment in FTX. It was mm -hmm. a si significant investment. Um, and uh, it's just funny reading through that and like all the praise that they're heaping on Sam. Yeah. It's and like he it's, was gaming or something, right? During the, yeah. <laughs> League yeah, of Legends. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> the thing about him playing League of Legends while taking the the, mm -hmm. the investor call is like a, just a classic example of, you know, s seeing something a certain way um, beforehand and then realizing that you were completely wrong and that actually it was the exact opposite, mm. right? And that's that's a realization that all of us had. Um, and it was a hard realization, right? I mean, I, I mean, all of us uh, paid a lot for it just in terms of like, you know, obviously there was financial loss that many of us sustained. There was, um, you know, just the fact that we we sort of wasted uh, so many years of our lives 
dedicating our time and energy towards uh, this company and this person and this cause. Mm. Um, so yeah, like all of us had that realization and and I guess what none of us would have expected and what took all of us by surprise is, 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 is the fraud, right? The fact that this person who seems so genuine, who seems so nice, um, would have gone to such lengths to pursue this mission. So then when did you start finding out things were broken? So you joined, when was it that you joined Alameda? I joined in uh, mid to late 2021. Mid to late 2021. And yeah. then when did stuff start to go wrong? Uh, I mean, we, so <laughs> it's, 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 um, let's see, I'm trying to think back to like, you know, th th there's like all these, you know, little things um, that are not like, not like bad, I guess, and not illegal, but mm -hmm. just like, strange and kind of silly like what in terms of um the, like the companies uh spent a lot of money on a lot of things that they didn't need to spend money on like right what? i mean as an example um our housing in the bahamas incredibly opulent we lived in you know five-star accommodation it was incredible we lived in um we had a bunch of the employees had um uh space in albany which is this really fancy uh resort in 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 nasa in the bahamas uh, where a lot of celebrities live, right? It's it's like uh, there's a recording studio that we all live next to. Oh, yeah, where Tiger, Tiger and Woods Beyonce. and Oprah. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I watched Tiger Woods like like literally driving a golf Damn. cart by me. Yeah. One of my yeah. friends yeah. was in the Bahamas with you guys, and he saw Justin Bieber having breakfast. Like, oh, really? Like, a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that that's the kind of thing where like you know, did we really need to shell out that much money and put up the employees and that kind of accommodation, or could we have just done something more reasonable? But that was your office, right? That was uh, that was not the office. That was the living quarters, which yeah. was a short drive from the office. Mm. But what's the difference between that and like everybody building all these extravagant well, well, tech compounds with free food and five star mm -hmm. accommodations? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. I'm, it, it feels yeah. like, in one hand, you want to attract talent, right? And one of the ways you attract talent, it's not just the salary because everyone can match the salary. Mm -hmm. But then the next level is like now you get to work out of a really cool office space. We give you these perks so you don't have to worry about things. Yeah. We're, buy, we're like buying your time for you. You guys work harder. I mean, as Less in the things appeal, to worry about, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. The question is just like, was all of that worth it given the fact that behind the scenes, yeah. there mm -hmm. was fraudulent use of customer funds going on, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's the question that I have. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, this, like this is one example sort of of the fancy living accommodations. Yeah. Uh, but there's many more of just, you know, dumb decisions that the companies made that honestly didn't need to have been made. I mm. remember I had a friend that worked out of the, the EA. I, I forget what the organization was called. It wasn't yeah. Alameda, but there was one that was on Frat Row. It's like mm. they bought a house in Frat Row, like a sorority house, and they converted it into a, like a daycare type thing for these like really smart high schoolers. Okay. And so I drive by because he, he worked out of there, but he lived nearby. And so I'd go pick him up and I'd see these like S classes parked outside all the time. I'm like, yo, what do you got going on in there? Yeah. And he's like, that's just the airport pickup. Like they, they fly these kids out <laughs> yeah. on business or first class flights from yeah. like Hong Kong or Japan or wherever it was. Yeah. And then they get dropped, they get picked up from in S classes from the airport, mm -hmm. dropped off. Like every single, there was like six of them. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing is just like, where does all the money come from? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the question that, that maybe we should have asked. I don't know. I mean, I mm. mean, obviously like in hindsight, there's so many things that it's very easy to ask um, after the fact, like, you know, like why didn't this trigger any red flags among accounting or whatever it is, right? But in the moment you just think, oh wow, this is really cool. Yeah. What else were some of the things you got to do then while you were on the team? Um, I mean, like the travel was nice, right? Just being able to travel between the offices, living in this, you know, beautiful, like like island country, um, you know, just beautiful environment, um, amazing people um, and working with really incredible people. I mean, I like, like my coworkers were great. Right, I, I, I learned a ton at the company. 
um, a lot that I'm even using now at my current company, right? And and uh, you know, it was it was um, yeah. There, there's there there's more stuff of just like funny incidents and stuff that I um, have to say that I'm 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 planning to post some tweets on um, at some point. A, in the can future. we get a sneak peek on some of them? Yeah, yeah. So so the next tweet that I'm planning on posting, hopefully sometime in the next week or so, is about um, this incident that happened actually the week I joined or possibly the week after, uh, which was um, basically a, a trader at Alameda, uh, fat fingered a trade. Like they, li- they literally typed in the wrong number <laughs> and they pressed enter. They like typed in a few extra zeros or something. And they sold a shit ton of Bitcoin at a really bad price. Um, and there was a flash crash in the price of Bitcoin Ooh. from I think it was maybe 50 or 60K all the way down to 8K on, I think it was Binance maybe. <laughs> and this, yeah. is, this was a price movement that everybody saw across the world. Yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was all over Twitter. He really fat fingered it? He, yeah, you yeah. You sure? It was a, well, Come well, on. Well, the company lost tens of millions of dollars. So but how much he did da- he make? How much, he, he also lost money. <laughs> he lost money, the company lost money. But he, doesn't, he, doesn't make com- he doesn't make money if the company loses money. Okay, right? okay. He's an, he's an Alameda That's trader. Crazy. Um, he just bought the bottom? I mean, but- No, he-, he You he, could think, yeah. He, he bought, know. he bought, well, he bought the top. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it was, but it was, what it was if a he trade. went and bought a bunch of like AK after that? Is a that, bunch of, a bunch of AK? Like it, it dropped right. from 50 to eight. Oh. He's like, all right, time to buy. Oh, we, in. I'm sure like, like I'm sure we, we, we did some like something yeah. arbitrage trades after it. But like that was like, that sort of didn't make up for the fact that we had just like, like literally he had sold Bitcoin at a turn. Does Sam get yeah. angry? Like is Sam like, would he, he comes down on people? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, uh, Actually no, right? Well, well, at the time it was it was Caroline who was kind of handling oh, operations. Okay, so she Valamita. handles, yeah. What was she and like? she, I mean, I mean, she's she's a like like she was, I guess, a reasonable boss in terms of like just being, yeah, like like she she's not someone who would get angry for something like that. She, um, you know, was much more of the mindset that like let's learn from these mistakes and and fix them and make sure it does not happen. Um, so that's what we did, right? We mm. we implemented some better checks so that when a trader places a manual trade, that kind of thing does not happen. Gotcha. But just the fact that for so long. That check had not been in place. In place, yeah. That's kind of ridiculous, right? That's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. So that's that's a great example of the kind of thing where you know that 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 would have been done many years ago at a traditional trading firm, mm. but at a place like Alameda, we kind of waited for shit to go wrong, and then we patched it in 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 sort of the the easiest and quickest way possible, um, and then the firm would keep running, and then that would keep going until the next uh, the next big event or the next loss or the next hack or whatever. So then now let's kind of fast forward a little bit. What yeah. were some of the main kind of like key events that made FTX crash? Well, there's really, um, you know, the, 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 like the answer is there's really one key event. I mean, there's lots of things that people will say caused the crash. That people will say that CZ from Binance selling FTT caused the crash. But that didn't cause the crash, right? What yeah. caused the crash is the fact that Sam took $8 billion of customer funds and used that to bankroll a bunch of risky venture investments that were outside of Alameda's and FTX's core business without telling anybody at the company, except for his core group. Why? Right, that's, why uh, would he do what's that? the motivation? Why? Um, well, you have to ask him. Yeah, Unfor- yeah, unfortunately, yeah. he's he, he's behind bars right now. I mean, we can we can speculate we can speculate right? as to yeah. what his motivation might have been. I'm sure right? you guys speculated internally on what. Oh what, yeah. What yeah. were you guys thinking? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like like I like all the information I have to go by is 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 basically like, you know, all the stuff that I've seen post the collapse, right? But my guess is that you know, if, if you watch a lot of Sam's interviews, um, he talks a lot about you know, this idea of linear wealth preference. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there, there, there's a lot of lore here, right? There's kind of you know, EA lore, utilitarian uh, lore, and then, um, and then Sam, like Sam specific stuff, right? Okay. But, but, but the short version is that Sam is someone who believed that 
um, you know, if 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 someone gave you a bet where, you know, if you take the bet, then with 50% probability, you double your money. With 50% probability, you lose all of your money, right? Um, that's sure. a bet that, yeah. you yeah. know, for most people with small amounts of money, that's a bet that you might take because like, you know, worst case, you lose that small amount of money. Best case, you double it. That's great for you. Yeah. Most people would not take that bet if you're dealing with a huge amount of money. Yes. Especially if that money is other people's money. Yeah. Right? Uh, one of Sam's core beliefs was that you 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 almost always take the double or nothing bet. Um, he, so he believed mm. that the way that you act in terms of risk with small amounts of money is the same as the way you should act with large amounts of money. Um, it, like in terms of your your yeah. does your, that make your sense to your kind of like your betting it, strategy? It, it does. It's it's the thing of like would you at, would you take a hundred million or flip a coin for a billion. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. It's like the correct answer is you flip the coin. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. The correct answer, right? if, you, if like, you're trying to why? maximize, um, well, if you're trying to uh, maximize your expected future value, right? If you're just, if you're playing to maximize EV, then the best thing to do is to, is to probably take the bet. Um, and Sam believed that when you're operating a company, uh, no matter what, what the size, no matter what the size of funds you're dealing with, yeah. you always take actions that, max, that maximize EV. Um, or yeah, it's, it's just the, 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 the fatal flaw in that logic is you, you, sometimes you're going to lose a lot and over the course, you're, you're always going to win out when you maximize EV as in over a few hundred placements. But when yeah. you do something like that <laughs> and you go to jail, you just don't you have, would, well, you don't have well, another you can't 8 the billion, game anymore, right? Yeah, you it's like you, you would have needed yeah. 800 billion to mm, properly yeah. prove this. Yeah. Or, if he, if he, yeah. if he had, you know, if he had infinite money, sure, that would have worked. Right. But the point is yeah. that he was constrained and the risks he was taking were, were outsized even relative to the very large amount of money he did have. You think that's just an ego thing of like, I've been right so many times, I know this is gonna work. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think I think it could be it, it it very well could be an ego thing. It also I think is just a Sam thing. I mean that's something that yeah. you know even before the company was as big as it was when it when it collapsed, um, that was a very consistent part of his philosophy, right? That mm. that's that's how he was thinking early in the company's life. That's how he was thinking um, you know, around the time when I joined. Uh, he like he's he's written a bunch of documents, just internal documents for folks to read, for new employees to wow. read uh, when we're onboarding um, and 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 joining the company. And you know, you just read this going as far back as 2017, 2018. Uh, he's saying the same stuff, right? Which is that he believes you should always maximize expected value. And and you know, I guess the kind of worked for him. That's what, it, until it clearly it worked. Yeah, right. It's like the they had unparalleled returns compared to market average. Right. And, and yeah. You you know a little bit about. Uh, obviously the space yeah, and the investing part of it. Yeah. But I don't know. It just, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. No, none of it makes sense to me yeah. to be honest. Like when but you, yeah. so I, I mean, I'm, I'm interested cause, cause you were, I guess, outside looking in, working in crypto. Yeah. And then you were obviously reading the news on the returns Yeah, and how well they were doing. It was right. strange because if you were to just look at their numbers, you would think something's wrong, but there was also like yield farming, like, Things in crypto existed uh -huh. to yeah. where it's like, all right, it's just like at this point in crypto, you can put money in and get outsized returns. Yeah. But the the weird part was like Kevin O'Leary and like all of these like famous celebrities mm -hmm. backing it. And like people I knew like that weren't very technical, that weren't crypto native at all, were also using FTX. Like that part really yeah. kind like of messed FTX with, with Arena, which was I think the Miami yeah. Heat, where the Miami, Miami Heat, Heat play, yeah. like when they got that. It was like, oh, the credibility. That's when it went mainstream, right? Right. Like, like with like, Rari, like people. So I, for context, I worked at Faye. We mm -hmm. merged with Rari Capital. Okay. And so we had our, our fuse pool. And like we knew like people on the team were like leveraged, but they were making so much money off the returns. Yeah. 
that makes sense in my head because it was like this obscure kind of like crypto thing that not many people know about. You're kind mm -hmm. of exploiting it. Um, but then when you look at something at the scale of FTX, that was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's 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 a similar sort of thing, right? I mean, what you said about yield farming, like that was a huge part of Alameda's business, right? We were one of the, I think, biggest yield farmers um, that that existed, you know, when that was um, big that summer. So, so yeah, it, it, it was a lot of, like the firm was really good at noticing when a new thing was taking off and jumping on that as soon as possible, much, much faster than any of the competition, mm. right? And just doing that again and again and again over the course of, what was it, like five years or so. So you um, guys didn't find this stuff fishy as far as like, obviously you were doing well, you're an engineer and you're yeah. seeing the the numbers. It's like, you were like, no, we're just, we're just better at this. Oh no, I mean the company, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like, like the company was, both companies were highly profitable, right? Alameda yeah. was a very profitable, very successful trading firm. FTX was a very successful exchange. I mean, be, being an exchange is sort of the best business model in crypto, right? Which yeah. is, you know, you give people easy access to markets um, and you're compensated with a fee for every trade, right? It's 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 kind of the best possible business model there is sure. within the space. Um, so yeah, both were, you know, they were real companies. They were making real money. They were, you know, genuinely highly successful, mm. which is what makes it even more sad about the collapse, right? Is that they, like, you know, they didn't need to take all these extra risky bets. The company was a money printer that they could have kept running and kept growing, but they decided that yeah. that, that was not enough. So you guys them. would still be around if Sam didn't make those. Uh, we could have. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, like, you know, there's sort of um, debate around, you know, there, there's some stuff that might come out in the trial about like, you know, should Alameda have been better at hedging our bets or whatever. Right. But 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 really the um, yeah, I mean, like the higher level picture is that, yeah, both companies, I think, would be alive if Sam and Caroline and Nishad and Gary had not decided to make these ridiculous risky bets with customer funds. Mm. Also, like quant firms in general are just like known for insane amounts of money like hrt well i had a friend had an internship at hrt over the summer mm -hmm. and the, the videos he would send me this dude was like in the tallest like i don't know maybe them it was in one of those like really high skyscrapers 60th floor it's like a ball pit and just like on one floor it's just like sushi for the whole company and the yeah. second floor it's like pizza for the, like insane amounts of spending they put yeah. him in like this apartment that was like six thousand dollars a month and it was like company housing for this for the summer yeah and so i guess that also kind of changes like warps your perspective uh, your perspective just like all other quant companies but but aren't so correct me if i'm wrong aren't they known for like working with a really really big amount of capital and making small margins but they're making it off of a ton of money so obviously right. it's profitable like they're not taking ridiculous risks uh yeah quant yeah firms yeah usually well like i said it, it it depends on it depends on the type of firm yeah but yeah typically like a firm like alameda is is trying to be as close to delta neutral as possible right. so they're not really looking for uh, any significant exposure to a you know specific asset yeah, or like, sector? Like that's how I always viewed quants. Is like yeah. you're working with so much money and you're good at making this consistent margin yep. and compounding. Like you're never gonna lose because you're always playing. It makes you, sense. Yeah, you're hitting singles and you're not making wild bets. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's 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 how most quant trading firms work, and that's yeah. also how Alameda's core business works. That, right? Yeah, that's how you guys built built it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was that was the yeah. core trading business, exactly. Um, and 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 all like all of these, you know, what I'm describing as risky bets that were taken. These are things like, um, I mean, read some of the like like the DOJ sort of um uh, yeah. documents, right? I mean, there's some crazy stuff. They spend, I think it was two or three billion dollars on. Uh, stock buybacks uh, from Binance because they wanted yeah. to, you know, I, mm. I, I guess they had too much cash on their hands and they wanted to buy back stock from one of the early investors. It was about a billion spent on a Bitcoin mining company, right? That's crazy. Why, like, why was that needed? I guess, I don't know. <laughs> they they decided to, 
I mean, I think I think there were, there was there was some trade that they were trying to do where they they bought a Bitcoin mining company and then they shorted like perps or something like that mm. to to lock in that spread. <laughs> um, but that was you know a billion dollars, right? And then there was at least one or two billion spent on various venture investments. There was FTX Ventures. You know, they were spending tons of money on on, on new L1 projects on all kinds of new protocols. Um, so just add those up and that's like several billion. Um, and uh, that's money that was not related to either being an exchange or doing trading in any, in, in any way. Mm. So then now let's talk about kind of like the crash and what it was like for you. What was the day that you found out? Was it when it was hitting the news cycle? Uh, this was, we found out basically the, the day before it hit the news. This was last summer? Uh, this was um, uh, in November of 2022. So last winter. Um, last winter. Wow. Yeah. So you found out the day before. Uh, sort of. Yeah. 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 But were there like rumblings internally of like something's kind of the wheels are coming off? Uh, like like the 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 couple of days before we found out. Yeah. That's when okay. that's when it was like okay something's going on, but we're yeah. still not sure what. You're not sure. Okay. Um. Yeah. To give you a picture of what that looked like, I mean, it was you know we we were all in Hong Kong at the time. At least Alameda folks were all in Hong okay. Kong. Caroline was in Hong Kong. Uh, Sam was in the Bahamas along with most of FTX. Um, and to us, it just seemed like a really busy week of trading, right? Because okay. there's a few things that had happened leading up to this. There was, um, you know, there was the um, uh, the debate between Sam and Eric Voorhees about crypto regulation yeah. um, and the future of crypto. And uh, Sam was widely considered to have been kind of crushed in that debate, uh, rightly so. I think he, he did not do a good job of representing his position. So that was kind of a big PR hit for the company, mm. right? There was... Um, the uh, this policy proposal that uh, Sam proposed um, around like DeFi regulation that was very poorly received because it was you know it was seen as kind of unfairly advantaging um, FTX that was a big hit right there was uh, Alameda's balance sheet leaking uh, and people were kind of wondering why yeah. does Alameda have so much FTT on their on their books um, that was one thing and then CZ announcing that he was going to be selling uh, Binance's stake in FTT so all of this stuff ha happened that week leading up to the collapse, right? So for us internally, it was like, okay, we're seeing all this FUD um, online. People are talking about this on Twitter, but it's nothing we haven't seen before, right? We've seen this kind of stuff on Twitter before. We've had- I was going to say, yeah, this is commonplace, obviously not at this scale maybe, yeah. but like but this stuff in general, happens in crypto. In crypto, crypto everyone's yeah. always like, like there's always yeah, everyone's, everyone's always bashing like everyone yeah. else. And it, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's fairly typical. Yeah. And at that point, you know, we still had no reason to suspect that anything was going on apart from just like, you know, busy markets and like a lot of FUD on Twitter. Mm. So for us on the inside, it was just a busy few days of trading, right? I mean, on my part as an engineer, I'm kind of helping uh, just build and maintain the trading systems, making sure that those are still running and still of live, course. we're able to place trades. Yeah. For the traders, it's sort of, you know, dealing with these crazy volatile markets, right? Um, and this is what it's like leading up to basically the day before uh, uh, Caroline's confession, which is, you know, this preceding day, just randomly out of the blue, uh, we see this Twitter post from Sam saying that Binance was going to be acquiring FTX. Mm. And this was the first sign for any of us that something was going on. Mm. Because just given given the situation, given what had been happening the previous week, for Sam to now say that Binance was buying FTX without any, there was no internal communication whatsoever about this. Yeah. Right? We knew something was going on. We didn't know mm. what, but there's no way this is a normal sale. Like, it's not like we'd just been acquired and we're all like super happy about that. We could tell that it was a fire sale, Right. So that was the first indication for us. Um, and the following day, you know, we all come into work and Caroline is kind of frantically telling us to withdraw capital from all of the exchanges we trade on and move that to FTX so that we can meet FTX withdrawals because people are trying to pull their money out of FTX. Yeah, yeah. Right? 
Um, so it's a crazy day of just like literally selling all of our positions, taking all of our, you know, all the capital we have on all the exchanges, all of our collateral, moving that to FTX. And mm. we do this, we do this the whole day until we have no money left on any exchanges. And we're just sitting there wondering like, okay, what do we do now? And Caroline, this whole day, she's been in uh, this meeting room in a corner of the office taking calls. Uh, she's not been on the trading floor with us. And we're just waiting and being like, okay, like, what do we, what do we do now? Um, and in the evening, Hong Kong time, she comes out, we have the all hands meeting that was scheduled to happen at that, at that time. And, uh, she basically comes clean to us, right? She says, yeah, the company was highly leveraged. We had taken out these huge amounts of loans and used them to make very risky, uh, venture investments. And she gave us some examples of those. Mm. Uh, and she said, uh, those loans got recalled when the Luna crash happened and, mm. uh, there was no money to pay him back because we had already invested that money. So they took FTX customer funds and used that to pay it back. So the Luna crash is a big part of this. Uh, it's 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 a part of it in the sense that it 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 made, um, it made the company need to return those loans, right? I guess yeah, they, they, they technically could have kept those loans, but they were all open term loans, um, and so they got recalled um, because of the Luna crash. Mm. Not not because of the crash didn't affect us that badly, but yeah. the folks that we had taken loans from it affected oh, them really I, badly. I so they needed oh, the money man. back. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like for you then to kind of be on that floor as she's saying that the whole company just went down or is about to yeah. go down? It was, it was, um, it was wild. I mean, all of us, all of us were just sitting on the floor in a circle, right? Caroline was on yeah. a beanbag. She was kind of <laughs> crying a little bit. Right. Um, and it was a very tense atmosphere. Um, all of us, like as soon as we realized kind of the scale of what she was talking about, the tone kind of immediately changed, right? At first we were like, okay, like let's try to understand what's going on. But once it became clear that she had, done things along with Sam that were probably criminal. It was, you know, we, we grilled her, right? We asked her like tons of questions. It was, it was, it was not a friendly conversation anymore. Mm. Um, and all of us just wanted to know, like, you know, we had questions, right? All of us were equity holders in the company. What's going to happen to our equity. We have deposits on the platform. What's going to happen to those? Um, are we going to get paid our salary? Like at the end of this week, Yeah. are we still going to get our bonuses at the end of the, um, at the end of the year? Mm. Right. Are we like, like, do we, do we just like leave the country and go back home? And if oh, so, yeah. like, who's going right. to pay for the Hong flights, Kong, right? Yeah. 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 We're in Hong Kong. That's crazy. Right. What do we do about, you know, all, like I have belongings, like clothes and shoes and stuff that are in the Bahamas that I had to leave behind because we couldn't go back to the Bahamas after all this shit went down. Right. So we all went straight back to our home countries. I still have my stuff that's lying somewhere in, in some Bahamas. room in the Bahamas. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. What uh, stuff do you remember? Yeah, just like clothes and like, like you, know, you know, electronics probably. Yeah. Like, Criminal charges, whole company went down. What about your clothes? About Where'd they clothes? go? Yeah. Hey, hey, some, I care about He has some clothes. really nice stuff. I don't know. He has some Gucci back there. They're like, <laughs> no Gucci, unfortunately. But, <laughs> but so I have then, my trusty, you know, t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. What, what's going on in your mind as you leave that room then? So you grilled her, or you know, you guys are talking about what kind of went wrong. And yeah. then what's like that car ride home like? Yeah, well, well, actually, um, right after that meeting, all of us, with the exception of Caroline, we all just go out for drinks because, you know, we're just trying to process what's <laughs> happening and we need to talk about this with each other. So we all get drinks at this bar close to the office um, in, in, in Wan Chai in Hong Kong. And um, yeah, we're just like talking about, you know, what do we do now? Like, do we just go back home? You know, there's like just Were you worried that you were exposed legally? Like, were you guys thinking about whether or not you'd also uh, FaceTime or charges? Yeah, we, like we... We, I guess, knew that we would want to talk to lawyers to kind of just see what that process was like. I guess none of us were really worried about our own exposure. I mean, yeah. we, we, we basically found out that day, right? So we kind of knew that, um, like, really, we just wanted to 
help with that process as much as possible mm-hmm. and like give as much of information as we could yeah. to the folks that were doing the investigating. Could, could you tell that she was either like remorseful or regretful that you guys are put in that position? Like, yeah, yeah. She, she, she was, uh, I mean, she was like tearful, right? Yeah. I, like as she was explaining this and she, um, yeah, like, like she kept saying like, you know, I'm sorry. Like, I know I let you guys down and stuff like yeah. that. She did seem remorseful. Um, that said, you know, she did what she did and, 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 you know, she's, she's an intelligent person, right? She's yeah. not like, she had full knowledge of what they were doing. Um, so there's not really much sympathy for her from me or any of the Alameda employees, honestly. Um, that said, you know, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out during the trial, because I think, I think there's lots of stuff that happened between Sam and Caroline behind closed doors that yeah. even, even that we didn't really know, know about. Um, and yeah, really like, like, you know, obviously I'm not a fan of Caroline now, but, but really the, um, I think, I, I think everything, I think Sam is at the core of what happened. Um, and even among those top four, right? Sam, Caroline, Nishad and Gary. Um, I think that, I think whatever the decision they made, it's quite likely that Sam was the one leading that decision, mm. um, and convincing the others to and, follow. So, and then what happens after that? Like you, you guys go out for drinks, you go home. When do you get back? Like, when do you, do you fly home? You guys buy your own tickets? Like what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. So we all, we all hand in our resignations the following day. We pack our stuff from the office. Uh, we all kind of separately book tickets to go back home cause we're all from different places. Um, and yeah, we just head back. I mean, I, I flew from Hong Kong to India, spent some time with family in India and then uh, came back to San Francisco. Do, do you tell people here? Like, do you tell family? Do you tell friends? Like, do, do they make you, I assume you sign some sort of NDA or something. Uh, no, I mean, I told no. family, friends. I mean, uh, there, there's no NDA with the company really. And and also the company doesn't exist anymore. So it's like, oh shit. Yeah, you're right. 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 I mean, what's the, huh. like, 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 how does that work? Right. I don't even know. Oh man. But yeah, there's no, um, it makes sense. They didn't think this through. Like, yeah. As far as, yeah. <laughs> like, what, like, yeah what's going to happen if the yeah. company collapses? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, obviously I'm telling my friends and family about it yeah. and, um, yeah, yeah. Just came back home and then took a few months to kind of like chill and rewind and like just process what happened. And do you just read all this stuff on social media? Do you, yeah, like just scro- you know, just scrolling through yeah. Twitter, yeah. seeing what's going on, trying to follow the case and, um, you know, all that stuff. Were you guys still talking to each other like on WhatsApp or whatever after like the employees? Yeah. Former employees. We have like, um, a couple of group chats. Um, so he's group chats. We all stay in touch. Yeah. yeah we stay <laughs> you in touch. You were telling me about those high rec group chats. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So his yeah. company. So you want to tell about high rec? Oh well, yeah. We, we, no, we went me. out of business. Okay. Um, so they raised 70 million, went out of business. Yeah. Okay. Just, you know, crashed and burned. Okay. Nobody knows what was behind the scenes, who was funding it, China, Russia. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Nobody really knows because yeah. we were told Tiger Global was funding it, but okay. no one ever talked to anyone from Tiger Global. Uh-huh. Oh, but so you guys have a similar story of just like, it, like you know, yeah, but it's like, we were, it's not like we were doing anything. It, like they were just making, at least bad. you guys were working on like a great business. They were just making TikTok, but for hiring. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like we weren't, we were just trying, <laughs> the disappointment in that. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> trying to help. No, no, it's, it's like that, an engineer cool. hire another engineer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like a Ponzi scheme now that I'm talking about it. But yeah, Ponzi scheme, but for hiring. Yeah. Right. But it's like, it, it's interesting because we, we all just put pieces together based on like what our managers were telling us mm-hmm. and then things yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. hears and then they kind of take a life of its own. <laughs> yeah. And then it's all turned into a joke. Like, do you guys joke about this now? Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, it gonna... is. There's yeah. Yeah. There's definitely like a strange sense of humor in, in all yeah. of this. Right. But yeah. what is the group chat name? <laughs> it's the group chat name. Mm. 
don't think it has a satisfying name. I don't, I don't think it has a name at all. It's just like a the names of unnamed. The yeah, was, yeah, just the names uh, of the people. Ours was Higher Fest, like Fire Festival. <laughs> that's, like, a, that's a good one. That's pretty really good. <laughs> Higher Festival. And the best is our head of creative. He's the one that made it and made the title. <laughs> yeah. It's like we had good people, man. Yeah. He was good. Like was good. if only we could have used all of that to build the company. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all that, all, all that creative talent. Right? Yeah. What was it like going from such a high then of living in like the Bahamas, Hong Kong, you're like with these kind of like celebrities, whatever, and then you're just kind of back to like normal life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good. I like, I like being, <laughs> I, like, I like being back to, back, back to my normal life. Okay. Um, I, yeah, it's funny when I, um, you know, like when I was, when I was living in the Bahamas, I would sort of FaceTime my parents and show them like, hey, look, like the beach is right here. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> and they tell me like, you know, make sure you don't get used to it. Cause, cause you know, if you, if you leave the company, it's probably gonna be a long time before you See are able to again. like yeah, yeah 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 like live you know live in this kind of environment again. Um, and I was like that's very true. And uh, yeah yeah I mean I mean I, like I look back at my time at the company with mixed feelings right. I mean there was, um, yeah yeah I mean like on the one hand, I got to meet these really cool people, live in this really cool place, do some really interesting work in terms of just like the technical aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it ended in a in a in a spectacular way that hurt. A lot of people, right? And and um, I'm not happy about that. And I definitely don't want that to be the last like newsworthy thing that I work on. You don't want, um, to, you don't want that to be your legacy. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. How, yeah. how exposed were you personally? Because you said, okay, you guys have equity. Did you yourself put money into this? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was um, there was an employee stock purchase program yeah. whereby you know employees could um, purchase um, just company stock at significantly discounted prices, like you know, two or even four times cheaper than what the investors had already paid for that stock. Okay. Um, so obviously it seemed like a great deal, right? This is in late 2021 when Sam's face is on the cover of Forbes. He's, you know, everyone's talking about what a genius he is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously I, 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 you know, I put in a lot of money into that because I, I really believed in the company. Did you guys and, have the same thing at Faye where you can buy equity or did you just get it? We could, you could buy tokens. You could buy you tokens. You could buy Faye token. Yeah. The tribe token was the speculative one where, you know, the more you have, the more it goes up, whatever. It's the same incentive. Coin. Like you I should mean, yeah. buy this if you believe in the company. Absolutely. Like, is that kind of the pitch? Yeah. yeah but it also wasn't ESPs. Like we had a very strange legal structure because we were a DAO. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But like, yeah, I mean, I took my sal I took half my salary in tribe. You which did? Is the, okay. Which is their token. Okay. Um, But I mean, yeah. that was a, that was a whole But I'm saying, uh, do, do you guys feel a pressure where it's like you're here, Hey, if you believe in this, you should buy the. Yeah, it was. You know it what was, I mean? Like, was, yeah, yeah. It, it was heavily promoted within the company. Like Sam would post about it on Slack all the time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was something that was promoted. Right? Which That's something. Yeah, yeah. yeah which, which is funny because in hindsight, it's like, oh, obviously they wanted that because that way, like you know, th th that that's that's money that. They're paying you for your salary, but you're putting it back into the company to pump their stock price. Yeah, right? effectively. Yeah. It's a great um, idea. Yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> so it's it's. Uh, yeah, like 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 a, a great but also like devious idea. Yeah, like right? the fact that, that yeah. they were sort of preying on their own employees. Um, yeah, very devious. And and there's some real horror stories among the employees. I mean, uh, like some of the folks in Hong Kong, right? They they got paid not into their bank accounts, but they got the money deposited into their <sighs> FTX accounts. Mm. So a lot of these folks, they only bothered to withdraw when they had to pay rent or pay bills or whatever. That's so crazy, bro. That's like Star if Starbucks paid you in the gift card. Balance. In the gift card, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's literally what it is. That's so wild. Yeah, but you know, FTX was it was perceived as a safe brand, right? I mean, yeah, I sure. had, like I, I I had deposits in FTX even though like I didn't have to put money in mm -hmm. there, right? I just had money on there because it seemed like a safe place to put it. Um, and so a lot of these folks um, in Hong Kong 
when when the company went bankrupt and they couldn't withdraw that money, they literally were not able to pay rent. Like I I heard a story of one of the Hong Kong employees who, you know, he he broke down crying and like when when one of his coworkers helped him out with you know food and rent money wow. because he he just did not have enough to make it through oh the God. week. Um, yeah. So yeah, some really sad stories among the employees, and 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 that's not even getting to the general public and like just normal people who are customers of this company who are affected, right? I mean, there's, I'm sure you've heard the stories of just people losing everything and, yes. you know, mortgaging their house and putting their money in, um, you know, in like FTX or whatever. And it, yeah, yeah, there's some really very sad stories. You overheard a conversation with Sam kind of like in, in, your, in the early time at the company. And there was this quote you wrote in like your kind of like blog, which was, he said, decentralization is the future. The single most valuable thing you can do for yourself is to drop whatever you're doing and get into crypto. Mm-hmm. Do you still believe that? Do I still believe that personally? Yeah. Um, I do believe that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do believe that decentralization is the future. I do believe that um, there is so much genuine value in this space. Uh, a lot of it has been realized already, but it's been obscured by some of the stuff that's happened recently, like FTX and so on. And there's a lot that hasn't even been realized yet, right? So I'm very optimistic about the space. Mm. I'm, optimistic about, I'm optimistic about crypto, optimistic about decentralization. Um, and that's why I'm building in this space. So what are you building? It's called Astra. Yeah, it's called Astra. Uh, what we're building is um, a universal connectivity layer for crypto markets. What does that right? mean? What it means is, um, you know, currently if you wanna buy or sell traditional assets, uh, it's a fairly straightforward process and there's tools that exist to make that process really easy for you. Like if you wanna buy stocks or whatever, you might go to the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ. If you wanna buy commodity futures, you might go to the CME. But basically there's a handful of venues where you go to buy and sell these assets, right? And there's companies that handle execution, that handle market data, that handle the brokerage aspect of things. All of this is super built out already. That's not the case in crypto, right? In crypto, you have not one or two trading venues, you have hundreds of trading venues. And these are split across centralized exchanges. You have decentralized exchanges. You've got a bunch of you know, protocols where you can do trading and lending, all sorts of things. Uh, then there's OTC, right? There's custodians also, many of which offer trading features. Uh, so it's a, it's, it's a huge zoo of exchanges and protocols, which is very different from what we see in traditional finance. And the infrastructure to be able to integrate with these venues and do things like fetch data and place trades and transfer assets this is not really built out in a satisfying way for businesses and individuals. Mm. So what we're doing is we're building all of this infrastructure. We're building a core primitive of robust, low latency and extensive connectivity to crypto exchanges and DEXs. Uh, what this looks like for the end user is just an API that you can go to and you can send a request and using the same data format, you can access Binance and Coinbase and Uniswap and DYDX and any venue you might want to trade on. So you can imagine folks like trading firms using this for, you know, building their integrations with exchanges and handling like those really low latency connections. You can imagine brokerages using this to offer trading features for their clients. Mm. Um, you can imagine, you know, researchers or news people using historical market data to be able to see historical token prices, come up with some interesting research and novel insights. Um, and uh, you can imagine, you know, pro traders, even retail traders, using like a unified user interface to be able to trade on, uh, you know, Binance perps or Coinbase products or any of these things all under one roof. Why has no one built this yet? Because intuitively it sounds like it just should exist already. Yeah, and it does exist in a number of different fragmented ways. Um, and that I think is why 
you know, there's no there's no real real satisfying solution that builds this in a way that simultaneously solves for extensive connectivity, meaning integrating with not just one or two trading venues or even five or 10, but a hundred trading venues. Because that's the reality of crypto is people are not trading on, you know, just like a handful of venues, they're trading on all of these different venues. Why? How do Why? we consolidate that? Is, isn't How this do, part of the problem? Yeah. Well, I think I think it's not necessarily a problem, right? Mm. I think I think there's there's reasons why people like to spin up new protocols yeah. because we don't know like which L1 is going to end up winning the race, right? We don't know if it, if it's even going to be an L1 versus what do you mean being by an L1? L2. You mean like Ethereum or? Oh yeah, 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 like Ethereum or um or you know the Bitcoin network or Solana or sort of any like any of these layer one blockchains uh, that is directly handling um, consensus and block production. So mm. what's the difference between an L1 and an L2? Yeah, so so an L1, uh, uh, I guess there, there, there's differing definitions, right? People people disagree on what counts as an L1 and L2, but the high level thing is um, an L1 typically is um, a blockchain that is fully handling its own consensus um, as well as block production. An L2 typically is uh, running off chain, so it's not running on an L1, but it posts proofs of the blocks that it's creating to an L1. Um, that's the high level distinction. Mm. I mean, yeah. what, I, again, to, Tell me if I'm off, to off topic, but th this brings me to a point of, remember when you said uh, Binance was going to acquire FTX, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Fire sale. And then people started withdrawing their money from FTX. Now, let's say JP Morgan Chase buys Bank of America and he tweets it, right? We're, we're acquiring Bank of America. Yeah. I don't think really anyone would go and try to pull their money out of Bank of true. America. True, right, true, right. True, Why true. is this this different? Well, I think, I think it's different because... Uh, like all of the context leading up to that event indicated that there was something going on, right? Just all of the negative uh, press about about SBF and about the company that was in the news, um, all of that, and, you know, and just the volatility, the volatility sure. of FTT prices, all of those things, it made people realize that there was something going on. They just were not sure what. That was so when the acquisition, like the straw it was the camel's back. It was the straw exactly. But we've had like Wells Fargo doing fraud. Wells Fargo having hacks, yeah, things like that. Other banks too, right? But again, like this never prompted any any mass. I think well, people level of well, well, it sort of did, right? I mean, if you if you take what sure. happened with SVB or First Republic, that's effectively what happened. Is you know there was a lot of fud going on and people withdrew their money. Yeah, I mean, in yeah, the case of right. First Republic, First, like right. like it's not even First Republic. I think was affected because they're just another bank in San Francisco. They didn't even do anything wrong oh, necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> right, but just their proximity to Silicon Valley Bank meant that's that people true. wanted to pull their money out, and 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 both of them are now what like like First Republic is, is acquired by what was it uh, JP Morgan? Maybe? Yeah, or, was it yeah. JP Morgan? Yeah, and then uh, SVB. I'm I'm not sure what's up with that, but mm. it's I, yeah, I don't like I don't think it's operating. Yeah, anymore. people that put their money in FTX were also a lot more sensitive to like the markets and, oh, and yeah, general yeah. sentiment. Whereas like, so, let's say I have my money in Chase. If some dude on Twitter starts talking about how Chase is going to fail, you wouldn't care. I'm like, right, you wouldn't care. like yeah, also yeah. it's like it's backed by the FTC. All I mean, there's like some in like right. insurance. But you wouldn't like just trust Binance to keep. You know what I mean? But like, crypto already has this like air around it of like scam, scam which yeah. is a bad thing. But it's just also how it is. And when you start to, that's enough for, I'd say like a majority or, or a, a good amount of people to start pulling their money out. Mm -hmm. And then once a good amount of people start pulling their money out, mm -hmm. everyone else starts pulling their money out. And by the end of it, it's like, it's not just that a tweet went out. It was like 10 people around me that have their money and FTX pulled it out. Yeah. So I'm going to pull mine out too. How are you looking at that with Astro? Because obviously yeah. you're using your prior experiences here mm -hmm. to build something. And you obviously want to get away from everything that plagued Alameda and FTX. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. 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 So the way we're solving that is we're saying, hey, like we are not going to handle custody. So we're not storing anyone's funds. We are not going to handle uh, uh, counterparty risk. So we like, you know, we are not giving you an OTC system that you're trading against. Yeah. We just give you this very simple technological primitive, which is direct market access to a bunch of different trading venues. Right. So the way it works is our customers come to us. They've already onboarded with each exchange. They already have um, it's like uh, their API keys. Exactly. It's, 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 it's like Plaid. In, in fact, the analogy I use is, you know, it's, it's a combination of like Plaid for crypto plus like, you know, there's, there's some stuff we're building around like really low latency that I guess is, is a bit different from what Plaid does. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot like Plaid in the sense that it's bring your own API keys, bring your own accounts, bring your own KYC. Sick. Mm. That's Did, really cool. I mean, crypto mm. has a huge, just like UX problem. Yeah. I, like, I was going to say like, how do you get, does this need overall like mass adoption to succeed? Like how, how do we get like a blue collar worker who builds cars in Detroit? Let's go. To, to buy this. To buy this? Or, well, or in general, like yeah. buy and sell crypto, maximize the value of exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah. does that need to happen for, for this industry to thrive? Yeah, yeah, I think, I, think, I think you're totally right that there's, there's a huge usability problem in crypto. And, and, and the way that manifests is if you're you know, building something in the space of you know DeFi or like core Web three stuff, you're basically building for like you know ten thousand users, maybe like a hundred thousand in the world. But there's not that many people who are even sophisticated enough yeah. to onboard themselves onto the, onto these systems to get their money into these systems and to be interested enough to use these products. Yeah, you're basically building for a hobbyist community at this point if you're building really like core decentralized applications. So the question is, how do we get that to be like like you know some 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 auto worker in Detroit? How do we get them to, 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 to adopt crypto, right? And, and I, I think the answer is just a lot of thinking needs to be done on usability, right? I think, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of um, uh, initiatives in Ethereum around account abstraction, which are happening now, uh, which I'm really enthusiastic about, right? Because paper MPC, mm. right? Abstract yeah. away all of your your like wallets. Exactly, exactly. Email. Yeah, and and it's it's still an open question as to like like, you know, what is the form that this is going to take? Is it yeah. going to be account abstraction that's baked into the blockchain you're using, which is the Ethereum example? Is it going to be MPC or something where you can use the same type of sharding logic across private keys for, for any blockchain? Or some kind of more complex zero-knowledge type thing where, you know, you, 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 you don't really have to worry about any of the finer details of how that's being implemented. Mm. Um, and uh, it's still an open question, right? We, yeah. It's an unsolved problem. We have not solved that problem, um, and and really, I think there has to be a solution that does not involve just wrapping these decentralized services with a centralized wrapper, which historically is is how this it's problem how has been it. solved. Right? Yeah. This is you know Coinbase, Binance, FTX. This is um, the way that most big crypto companies have started. Uh, part of what we're trying to do with Astra is build this technology in a way that it is it is owned by the user, and the user brings their own keys. And at no point do we have access to those keys, right? Mm. We're, you know, we're selling software to businesses and those businesses have full control of all their data, all their keys, um, and they just use our software to make their life a lot easier. Um, so, you know, that's that's the vision that I believe in. That's what, you know, that's the direction that we're building in. Um, and I think more companies in this space need to go in that direction. Yeah. What's it like being a founder now after working for SBF? Have you raised money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just raised um, a two million seed round a few months ago. Congratulations. So we're yeah, yeah. Thank you. And um, at this point, we're just heads down building. We have a team of five people. Um, we're just building the product, talking to users, getting the V one ready. Who are these five? Uh, these five are just um, like a, co a combination of some folks that I've worked with in the past and just friends and stuff like that. And then what, what, is what spot in the Bahamas did you guys get? 
<laughs> no, no spot in the Bahamas <laughs> just yet. Uh, I think I think that maybe in our distant future. Series A. Uh, uh, no, that's seed, Hong Kong. Seed, yeah. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Are you jumping the gun? So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, just seed for now, but uh, we'll see. We'll see yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's it like putting the founder hat on after working for such an okay, well-known founder? Have you taken any of his right. habits? You're raising on League of Legends. <laughs> uh huh. No, no, no League of Legends. I never. I it, it, may, hey, maybe I should. Right. Yeah. It, it sounds like it, it sounds works, like it was right? a positive yeah. in the case of SBF. Uh, no League of Legends. I mean, it's it's uh yeah, putting the founder hat on is is extremely fun and really exciting. I mean, really, it's not one hat. It's like a it's like a hundred different hats that I'm having to wear. Um, every day and just swapping between them and getting to work on all these different um, roles within the company um, and talking to really cool people and being able to come here and talk to you guys, for example, is, um, you know, it's, 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 it, it's pretty amazing, right? Um, it, it's something that, you know, the, the, the origin of this company is really in a lot of the problems that I saw at Alameda in terms of just like like our own technical infrastructure. Yeah. And we're trying to solve a lot of those problems. So it's it's sort of directly related to stuff I've done in the past. And it's something that I've been passionate about ever since I, you know, struggled to build exchange integrations at Alameda. And it's a problem that, you know, I know that so many businesses in crypto face. And it's a problem that, you know, if this is solved in a satisfying way for these businesses, that's gonna propagate all the way down to the individual. And it's gonna give people, you know, normal people, normal traders, uh, much easier and much faster and much more seamless access to markets. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled to be building this. It's exciting. Like every day when I wake up and, 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 and get to work on this mm. and, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Interesting. What's the, where's the product at right now? We, um, are basically building the V1. We have integrations with a bunch of venues already. We have okay. about five centralized exchanges. Okay. We have three DEXs. We're working nice. on one custodian. Um, and really we're just like working on testing this, making sure it's super solid, super robust. Um, and the plan is to have um, a beta release out in two months. And two we have months. some customers we're talking to. And, um, you know, if anyone sees this and would like to get in touch, would absolutely love to talk to you guys also. How should they reach out? Uh, so we, um, our website is astra-api.dev. That's astra, A-S-T-R-A, hyphen api dot D-E-V. Uh, we're also on Twitter. It's astra underscore API. Um, and yeah, you can, you can also find me. My name is Adi, but my full name is um, Aditya Bharadwaj. You can probably find that on We'll put in the description. Yes, sir. Yeah. Awesome. And then what's your go-to-market strategy going to be? Because the, the most interesting thing to me about crypto companies is just seeing how they go to market. Like family yeah. was insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way, the, the way that we're building this is it's a very boring, very standard, you know, B2B SaaS company, right? Okay. No, like, you know, no fancy token sale. Uh, there's thank not going to be any token, God, I right? I right? hate to, <laughs> thank hate, God. Yeah, hate to break it to you, but there will never be an Astra token. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no ICO happening soon. Uh, yeah, so it's it's, it's a very boring You're business. Just keeping us out, bro. You don't want us. You don't want us to be able yeah, to get you in. Don't on want that. us to get. And in. you can you can you can you can be you can be equity investors if you like, but Ooh. unfortunately, no Someone token. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let you uh, buy and then dump, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is all too common. God, he pointed at me. He, pointed, That's crazy. he didn't point at us. He pointed, he pointed at me. At me. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I, I saw the look in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> bro, like he know too much about gambling. Oh, he definitely better short this. I know. SP, yeah. I was here in SP. I was like, damn, we. He like me for real. <laughs> He's just like you. Yeah. Like, damn, I just got to start playing League of Legends. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be harder for you so than building. That it. might be hard. That's going to be hard. Uh-huh. I don't have great uh, video game hand-eye coordination well, skills. Well, Sam wasn't great either. Like, apparently really? he, he, he was stuck <laughs> at, like, like what is it, bronze or whatever? I don't know. I don't, I don't, good? I don't, I don't play it. I think mean, yeah. he was just playing it. Yeah. Yeah, supposedly he, he actually wasn't that good at League of Legends. <laughs> that's what people are saying. He just did it. He just did it. It's like yeah. playing Forza sure. while you try to like raise and coming in last every single time. But that's, I, I, th- I think also an interesting point to add to the 
GTM. Right. You did a keynote here on building your personal brand as a founder. True. One of the things of crypto, I think, hamstrings it is there's no founder example of like, this guy's killing it, also doing well, good person. There's no leaks of stories good at product. a mass scale. Like, for, this is, I guess, a question for both of you. Mm -hmm. Like, are you thinking about that in terms of like, do we need better founder examples here? Can you be one of those? And it's like, if you were advising or still in in web3 like is that something you would kind of convey with the gtm mm -hmm. yeah 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 i i i i completely agree that like there needs to be much much better founder examples in crypto if you take i mean take the most well arguably the most successful company in crypto right now which is binance right i okay. mean they easy yeah 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 cz is is probably the richest person in crypto right now yeah probably also one of the richest people in the world Right wow. and more uh, successful than Coinbase. Oh yeah, yeah, it yeah, okay. yeah. More successful, more successful than Coinbase for sure. Uh, purely because Coinbase uh, uh, only offers uh, spot assets. Binance heavily focuses on derivatives. Oh, gotcha. And uh, derivatives volume is like probably an order of magnitude higher than spot volume for crypto. So people uh, really, really okay. like perpetual futures. Mm. They really like crypto derivatives. Um, and it, and like a lot of that, honestly, is like a function of the fact that people like to speculate on crypto assets, Got right? And, right? And and derivatives, it's it's a lot easier to go long, go short, um, yes. do that yeah. on leverage. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Binance, Binance is the number one crypto exchange, mm. and CZ is, you know, I guess people have different opinions on him, but 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 maybe maybe not the best example of like an outstanding um, sure. uh, founder figure who you would want to follow in terms of just like you know, there's a lot of suspicious stuff. That's that's um. Uh, that's been going around about Binance I mean, also. I think of like Jay as a good example. Yeah. Uh, Jay Bhavnani. So he's building Waymont right now. Yeah, he was yeah. the CEO of, of Rari back yeah. when I was at Faye. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of just like, before before Rari, he did Ambo. Um, and all of these projects just kind of, for the most part, like worked. And he's kind of built this like reputation. And I think he his like personal Twitter account is what's driving a lot of growth for Waymont. Because mm. now it's like, to for, for context, Waymont is building like crypto storage for like high net worth individuals. And so mm -hmm. we're like custody for high net worth individuals. Yeah. And so you really have to have a, like a good, strong personal brand to be able to convince these like rich people that they should store their money with you. Yeah. Um, but a lot of, I think his strategy or a lot of, I don't think he's thinking about his founder strategy, but like, I think a lot of it just comes from, he's done the thing before that and then now sense. he's like building yeah. it in public. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's one way to do it, but you probably need like a Sam Altman. You know, what do you mean? Uh, in, in, in terms of somebody who represents the whole movement. Oh, uh -huh. for sure. Right? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, in terms of like, he kind of gets to speak. If he says something, the industry moves one way or yeah, another yeah, off yeah. of trustworthiness, not panic. Yeah, sense, yeah. If that makes sense. I agree. I think I think the closest we have to that right now within within crypto, or at least certainly within crypto trading, is probably Brian Armstrong. I was thinking that. Uh, from Coinbase, right? Yeah. Just in terms of being like, like a respectable kind of like honorable figure who who's who's leading uh, the movement at least within the U.S. Yeah. you know for U.S. crypto regulation. Um, so I definitely look up to him, mm. and um, yeah, I think I think he's great. But but we we could definitely use more of those figures, right? So yeah. hopefully you can be the certainly hope so, right? Yeah. So yeah, so you, you have, I mean, you have a strong Twitter. You might as well use it for good. I mean, yeah, you I mean, can I mean, blow that account up with these FTX stories. The FTX yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There, there there's tons of I've got I've got some more content in the backlog that I want to start pushing out as soon as you know the trial starts in two weeks. So we're you know we're gonna do some posting nice. leading up to that and also during the trial and after. And yeah, the goal is to, you know, like like I want to tell the story, and like there's lots of people who are interested in this story. So, you know, it, it's it's uh, yeah, I think I think the like these stories need to be out there, mm. and and uh, you know, obviously, um, if 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 that leads to positive 
outcomes for myself and the company, that's obviously great as well. Heck okay. yeah. Awesome. Well, speaking of your Twitter, we do this thing. Oh yeah, I got mm -hmm. some, did a little bit of digging in your Twitter. Oh yeah? Right, some digging. We I'm got, scared. Well, I'm trying to keep it more lighthearted. Yeah. So I'm going to toss like the the heavy ones. All right. There's all right. no there's no point. I mean, I feel like we've gone pretty heavy here. Uh huh. This this one's good. Mm -hmm. October fourth, twenty twenty two. Okay. You either die a Bateman, <laughs> or you live long enough to see yourself become the Batman. Yeah, that was that was my first tweet. Right. American Psycho. Yeah. yeah so 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 like the joke is like. This joke just popped into my head, and I thought it was so funny that I had to tweet this. Right, basically, it's uh, uh, Christian Bale. Right, he 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 plays uh, Batman in the Christopher Nolan Batman yeah. trilogy, and Patrick Bateman, and Patrick Bateman, in American Psycho. Right, and, and, Have you and seen so it's like I, I was like rewatching it last night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah great. So so I, don't, I don't know why. There's yeah. another question for that. We'll do, we'll do that later. But go ahead. Yeah. That is a good question. Yeah. No. And 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 the quote is from the Batman trilogy, right? You either die a hero. Yeah. You yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought I don't know. It just popped into my head. I, I started laughing out loud. I had to. Post I love it how you phrase it like that. <laughs> like just live long yourself. <laughs> live long enough to see, see yourself become, become Batman. Become, become Batman. Yeah. And this was before the whole Batman thing took over TikTok of everyone thinking Which they're Batman? Batman. Oh yeah yeah yeah. What yeah. is that? I don't know. Do you know what that is? No, no, no. Why are you I'm, looking at me like that and say, what is well, that? Because you're like, you're, you're, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you are a media guy, so I was like, you must yeah. know something. Do you follow the like the TikTok trends? I see them on Twitter, actually. I don't use TikTok, but mm. I, I've seen enough of them on Twitter. I get them sent on reels. I okay. just know the ones of like Batman beating people up for like... Of course, that's like what you would know. Like filling up soda in the water cup, and then Batman like beats you up. I saw like, that exact that's one. The, that's oh, the yeah, crime. Right? That. Wait, wait it's like, that was actually hilarious. That was pretty good. <laughs> like really you good. litter on the street, and then yeah. you see Batman <laughs> come Batman. up from behind yeah. you. Yeah, like I've yeah. seen those. I think this one's good. You can relate to this too. Like, so designer says, "What should I put on the poster?" <laughs> PM IDK just write something inspirational. Designer put something inspirational on. What the is it? Oh, no, yeah. that's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, that, so, so so that's an actual, like, that's a sign that's in the WeWork that I work in. Oh, really? 600 <laughs> California. And, and it's hilarious because, like, each each floor has one of these. Yeah. And all of them are, like, very serious, inspirational Is that quotes. the one with the square windows? Uh, the one with uh, square windows. That's 650 know. California. That's 650, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's 650. Okay. Um, yeah, th this one's in 600. Yeah. And it's, like, like all these super serious captions <laughs> on the WeWork images. And then this one is just something inspirational. That's literally all it that's, says. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I, so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, all right. Let's let, 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 let's end on this one because it's timely. Have, yeah. did you, you saw the Apple keynote with the Marvel skit. Wait, is that the one about Mother Nature? Yeah, the okay. Mother Nature one. Yeah. But you put like, so you quote tweeted it. Mar Marvel humor and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Explain. I mean, I, I say this as someone who, like, I watched all the Marvel movies, right? I was, like, a huge fan of that shit. You know, I, like, I was waiting super eagerly for Avengers Endgame, right? So I, I, I watched all of those. And after watching all of that over the course of, you know, the first Iron Man came out in, what, 2008 or something? Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 it's so tiring, right? Just the same, the same humor again and again. You know, they, they, they found a formula yeah. that works, and now they're just exploiting it and, and uh, you know, just... just, just just making it, making it more and more excessive with all their new movies, and I don't, I, 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 I don't find the new ones that funny anymore. Um, and I feel like that's also bled more broadly into popular culture as like, oh, these like you know funny like quick quips. Yeah. Um, and really, I think Marvel started started that movement of of that style of um, comedy content. Yeah. And I think that has kind of bled into the Apple keynote as well. I mean, not that like like obviously it's a 
you know, it's 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 a positive message. I was gonna like, say, like, yeah. Like I, you know, it's I, like, I obviously support like yeah. you know environmental initiatives and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I wish it was a bit less cringe. Mm. Like I, I, I definitely respected the effort yeah, from yeah, them. Yeah. Like I thought Tim Cook was funny. He was actually he was a funny, decently right? good actor. Like he's not a bad. I think they're all employees, right? They've uh, got am I wrong here. So some of them are actually employees in the skit. Mm. For, for, from from what I understood, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, kind of respect the effort at this point. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh no, I, I, I definitely respect like, like the actual stuff that they've done in terms of like, you know, making their business more sustainable. Right. That yeah. stuff is amazing. Um, but um, yeah, could could do with a couple less Marvel jokes <laughs> or Mar Marvel style jokes. See, I don't want to see a Marvel crypto superhero. Marvel crypto superhero. Yeah, I don't want to see that. I don't know. Well, what's that. his superpower? Huh? What's his superpower? Regulating <laughs> markets. <laughs> yeah, we already have one. That's that's like uh, Gary Gensler, right? He's the He's the, he's the crypto superhero. I guess who would he fight? Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Fights Batman? Yeah. SBF? Nah, Batman. Oh, Batman. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. SBF would be like the collateral damage. SBF <laughs> <of> like, <laughs> <laughs> is the car that like gets a building dropped on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's the one citizen that gets, that gets beat up by the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's all you know we need to end this episode um we're gonna put links in the description but thanks so much for coming on the episode Th yep Th yeah, thank you guys Li with your final words <laughs> <laughs> final crazy. words final words um final words um let's uh yeah let's let, let's let's focus on building cool shit <laughs>